to Luke chapter number 11. I want you to turn to Luke chapter 11. And um, if you will, brother, please put on the screen for me 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 4. Luke chapter 11 is where our text will come from, but I want to share with you just one verse from 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. A few weeks ago, um, we discussed 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 4 in a Sunday night message entitled um, how, to, uh, how We Are to Think as the people of God, what, um, how important our mindset is. And so um, uh, we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 10 then in verse number 4. And here the scripture tells us that the weapons are of our warfare, they're, not car- they're carnal. Excuse me, the weapons of the warfare are not carnal, uh, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. And so put up for me the King James Version, please. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, watch this, but they are mighty uh, in the pulling down of strongholds. And so we understand when we studied this verse two weeks ago, we found out that these weapons that are being spoken of here are prayer and the word of God. And so we understand that prayer is mighty according to 2 Corinthians chapter 10 in verse number 4. The word mighty means powerful. And so prayer is a powerful weapon that we are to use as the people of God in the warfare that we find ourselves fighting day by day. Now, our prayer as the people of God is powerful because we have a heavenly father who's a big God. Can you say amen? And our big God does big things in our lives. He knows what we need and he delights to give us what we need when we need it. So prayer becomes a very powerful thing. Now tonight, I want to talk to you about how to pray powerfully. And if we look in Luke chapter number 11, I think this is uh, probably the most concise scripture that we could use in teaching us how to pray. It's when Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Now usually, when you hear a message on prayer, when we all hear a message on prayer, a certain amount of guilt and shame Uh, we automatically begin to feel. And I'll tell you why. Because I'd venture out on a limb and say that 99% of us don't pray like we should. And and I'm putting myself in that 99%. I don't pray as much as I need to pray. That's something I need to grow in. And so when we start hearing a message on prayer, we automatically become uh, guilty to some degree. Now, I'm not trying tonight to put a guilt trip on you. Tonight, I'm trying to help you and help myself in growing Um, in the Lord Jesus, in my walk of faith, so that I might be a powerful prayer warrior. That's what I want more than anything else. Because prayer is a mighty weapon that we need to be using. Prayer is a privilege that we have as the children of God. And so none of us pray like we need to, but all of us need to learn how to pray so that we might be effective when we do pray and so that we we might want to pray more often. I can promise you this, the more you pray, the more you're going to want to. See, when I spend time in prayer, I want to kick myself because I hadn't already spent time in prayer. We usually just wait 
uh, until we get to the point where we can't handle our situation until we begin to pray when we should be praying like the Bible says without ceasing at all times. So tonight we want to learn what the Bible says concerning prayer. Here in Luke chapter 11, get, Jesus gives us a pattern of prayer. He tells us how to pray. He tells us what to pray and he tells us why to pray. All right here um, in the first four verses. Now let me tell you something. The prayer that Jesus gives here is sometimes called the model prayer. Now let me tell you what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean that we are to pray uh, this model prayer every time we pray. We're not to pray this specifically. What we are to, you, to do is use this prayer as a pattern for how we should pray at all times. And Jesus gives us a pattern with six points. And you'll find all of these right here in these first four verses. All six points start with P. He tells, he, he tells us to pray about our position. He tells us to pray about our priorities. He tells us to pray about provision. He tells us to pray about people. He tells us to pray about our protection. And he tells us to pray about praise. And so these are six points of the pattern of prayer that we need to look at if we're going to be effective in our prayer life. If our prayers are going to be powerful prayers. And what I plan on doing, I'm not going to give you all six tonight. I'm going to split this up in two messages. We're going to give you the first three tonight, and then next Sunday evening, we'll give you the next three. But first of all, what I want you to see is that Jesus begins by praying about position. Now, what position are we speaking of? Well, he prays about his position, our position, as the people of God, and he prays about the position of the Heavenly Father. Look at this, verse number, chapter number 11, verse 1. And it came to pass that as he was praying, meaning Jesus was praying, in a certain place, that he ceased, and one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. Let me tell you what I think is going on here. After the disciples had heard how Jesus prayed, they wanted to pray just like him. Let me tell you why. They saw the power in the prayer of Jesus. They saw the intimate relationship that Jesus had with his heavenly Father. They saw how real the prayer was. And when they began to see that Jesus was actually speaking to the God of the heaven, amen, to the God who created heaven and earth, they wanted to pray just like he did. Have you ever saw somebody do something really good? I, I remember when um, years ago I started playing uh, disc golf and uh, Colin Purser was out there playing disc golf and, and Colin could throw a disc about as good as anybody I've ever seen throw a disc. I mean, that boy could throw it a mile. He could, uh, he could probably be a professional disc golfer if he wanted to be. He's a pretty good athlete. But I was out there one day, man, and Colin came out there with them long arms, man, and throwed that disc. And I'm telling you, it went so far, I couldn't hardly even see it. And after he got done throwing that disc, I said, buddy, you've got to teach me how to do that. After I saw him do something real good, I said, I want to learn just how you do it. And he started trying to tell me a little bit. And I think that's exactly what's happening here with Jesus and his disciples. They heard him pray. They saw how good it was. They heard how good it was. And they said, Lord, we've got to learn how to do that. And so look what Jesus says, verse number two. And he said unto them, when you pray, say this. Say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He first starts with the position. You see, Jesus is addressing his heavenly Father here. And that's something that all of us need to take note of because how many of you know, if you're here tonight and you've trusted in Christ as your personal Savior for the forgiveness of sin, having been born again in the family of God, do you realize that when you pray, you're addressing your heavenly Father? 
Do you realize the scripture? Let me give you some scripture to back that up. Romans 8, 15. Somebody write that down. You'll need that. Uh, you need to know that verse, man. Put a star by it. Underline it. Memorize it. That's good stuff. Romans 8, 15 says, We have not been given the spirit of fear again to bondage, but we have been given the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Isn't that awesome? So John 8, 15 promises that if we have been trusted in Christ and been born again into God's family, that God sees us as his adopted sons and daughters. So I've got some fantastic news for you. When you pray as a child of God, you're speaking to your daddy God. You're speaking to your heavenly father. That's a powerful thing. You have been given a new position in Christ as a son or daughter of God himself. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 16, you can go and look this verse up. It says that we can come boldly to the throne of grace so that we might find help in our time of need. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. How many of you need God tonight? If you need God in any way, raise your hand. Now, if you don't raise your hand, you're in bad. You really need God more than anybody else if you don't realize you need God. See, all of us need him. Husbands, do we not need God to lead our family in a way that God would be pleased? Wives, do you not need God to be the mama and the wife that God's called you to be in your home? Church member, do you not need God to be the witness God's called you to be in a lost and dying world? Teachers, do you not need God to teach a class as effective as you can possibly teach it? We all need God in every way. If I didn't think God was going to go with me and be with me and fill me up and pour me out when I stand before you to preach the word of God, I wouldn't get up here. Let me tell you why. Because I need him desperately. Without him working on me, without him working in me, and without him working through me, nothing I do, whether it be in the pulpit in this house or in the recliner at my house, there is nothing I do that I can truly be effective in if I'm not where I need to be with the Lord, having him lead God and direct me in every way. I need him. And the good news is, when we need him, the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because he's our heavenly father. And now because our position has changed and we are in Christ, we have access to the throne room of God. And let me tell you something. Listen, this is powerful. As your pastor, I enjoy praying with you. You ever want me to pray with you? Call me. Come see me. My, you, you, you're welcome to any, my door's always open. I love praying with God's people. That's a great privilege as your pastor. I enjoy praying with you. I enjoy praying for you. I'm praying for you daily. But I'll pray with you anytime you choose, anytime you want me to. I'll be glad to. I love that. I believe in the power of prayer. But now let me say something to you. Nobody in this room or anywhere else, if you're in this room or listening to a podcast tonight, however you're hearing this, nobody that's listening to this message, if you are a child of God, listen, you don't need anybody to come to the throne of grace for you. As a child of God, because you have a daddy God, an Abba Father, because you've been given the spirit of adoption, because your position has changed. You were once out of Christ and now you are in Christ. Because of all of this truth that we find in the word of God, you can go directly to the throne of God yourself. 
That's what Hebrews 4, 16 is telling us. And the Bible says we can come boldly into the throne room, not because of who we are, but because in whom we've trusted. We've trusted in Jesus, and the righteousness of Christ has been applied to our heart and life. So now we can come boldly to the throne of grace. It's amazing. Let me illustrate it this way. I heard a story one time that was told about Abraham Lincoln, and it was told for the truth. They said that when he was in the White House in the 1860s, that uh, there was a guard, a soldier that had been given the job of guarding the door of the White House. It was his first day on the job. And he was standing there by the door of the White House and out on the street on Pennsylvania Avenue, a young boy came running through the gate. And he was running wide open, ran right past the first uh, guard that was down there at the gate, come running up on the steps of the White House and full speed, just as hard as he could ran, run, ran right through the front door before the soldier could catch him before he could stop him. And he was nervous at being his first day on the job, wanted to do a good job, won't let, didn't want anybody to come in the White House that wasn't supposed to be in the White House. So he takes off running after this little boy. And he runs him all the way to the president's office. That's where the little boy was headed. And he gets almost to the door. There's a great commotion, and the president hears it from inside his office, and he walks out of the door. And about the time the president walks out, that soldier has caught this little boy right there at the door, and he's asking him what he's doing and why he ran into the, into the White House like he did. And he's really getting on him good. And the president stops him and says, Soldier, what's going on here? And he began telling, Well, this little boy ran off the street and ran right through the, uh, past the first guard, right through the, the, the front door before I could get to him. And, and, and President, he was coming to your office, and I was trying to stop him before he got here. And, and the president just busted out laughing. He took the little boy by the hand and started leading him into the office. He turned around and looked at the soldier. And he said, Soldier, let me tell you something. This little boy can come into my office whenever he chooses. You see, this little boy is my little boy. And because he's my little boy, he has access to my office whenever he needs to come. Now let me tell you something. You are an adopted child of God if you placed your faith in Jesus. And the Bible says we have access to the throne room and we can come boldly to the throne of grace whenever we have needs in our life and the grace of God will give us help. Can you say amen? amen. That, that Folks, you need to realize your position in Christ. You're a child of God. Realize your position, but also realize the position of the Heavenly Father. Jesus also prays about that in Luke chapter number 11. Listen to what he says. He says, when you pray, say, Our Father which art in heaven. He says, Hallowed be thy name. Does anybody know what the word hallowed means? I can remember hearing that all the time growing up. You know, when I was a little boy being raised in church, I would always hear them mention the Lord's Prayer, and I always wondered, what does hallowed mean? It, always, it was a funny-sounding word to me as a little boy. What do you think that word means, anybody? Forever? Okay. Anybody else? Who? Holy. Good. What else? Holy. That's good, big guy. Anything else? The word actually means to be holy and sanctified, all right? So what Jesus is saying here is that God the Father who is in heaven, His name is holy and sanctified. To be sanctified means to be set apart. So what Jesus is saying is that the God we pray to, our Heavenly Father, is a God in a class all by Himself. Can you say amen? 
He's holy and he is set apart. The Bible says the heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. I had the privilege this morning of speaking to our youth in Sunday school and we talked about the creative power of God and how that when God spoke many, many, many years ago, when he spoke creation into existence, God's word is so powerful that how many of you know creation is still happening? Right now the universe is still expanding and it all started when God just said it when God just spoke the word he's the God listen to me folks who stood on nothing and created everything he created ex nihilo he created everything from nothing can you say amen and Hollywood is his name he's in a class all by himself let me tell you something you need to do when you start praying uh, and, and for your prayer to be powerful recognize the names of God I like to call God by name I like to remind God who he is. And you ought to do the same thing. I like to pray and ask God as Jehovah Rapha, who is my healer, to bring healing to my life when I need it. I like to pray and say and pray to uh, Jehovah Nisi, who is my banner. See, it, that means that God goes before us into the battle and gives us victory. I like to pray to Jehovah Sidkenu, which means that God is my righteousness. I like to pray to Jehovah Jireh, which means God is my provider when I need provision. See, God's name is high and lifted up in a class all by itself. It is hallowed. And so, folks, listen to me. Remember your position as a child of God and remember his position as God the Father. He's in a class all by himself. And when you start remembering that and pray according to your position and his position, your prayers will become powerful. Can you say amen to that? Trust him for who he is. Ask him for what he and he can do. I think we all ought to pray big prayers because we serve a big God. We have not because we ask not. Don't be afraid to ask God for big things in your life as his children. Listen to me. As a father, he delights to hear his children. A father who loves his children loves to hear from his children. Amen? Well, that's true for me. I love my children with everything in me. I'm telling you, my three greatest blessings call me daddy. I'm jacked up about being a dad. I love it. Thankful for the privilege and opportunity. I really am. And I'm going to tell you, anytime, anytime my kids want to talk to me, I'm ready to listen. Well, folks, I love my children as much as a physical, fleshly man can love his children. But my father is perfect in love. He is love. He loves me more than I even love mine. Amen? And he delights to hear from his kids. So don't be afraid to pray. You're not praying to a God who is detached. You're not praying to a God who is distant. You're praying to a God who is as close to you as your next breath. The friend that sticks closer than a brother. He knows who you are. He knows where you are. He knows what you need. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've been through. He knows all of that. Trust him. Pray to him. He is your heavenly father. Remember to pray according to your position and his position. Number two, remember to pray priorities. Look what the Bible says right here. I love this. It says in uh, Luke chapter 11 and, and the, the last part of verse number two, he says to pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done as in heaven, so in earth. What does it mean when we are praying the will of God to be done? We're praying for the righteous rule of God 
to be manifest in the earth. That's what the kingdom of God means. We're praying that as God operates in heaven, he would begin to manifest himself and operate here. And now listen to me. We're praying that first on an individual basis. That's how I like to pray. First of all, I pray that God's will be done in my life, that his kingdom come in my life, that his righteous rule and reign would manifest itself in me. Can you say amen? That, that's where you got to start. I, I love uh, the, the, uh, the scripture, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, that stands in the need of prayer. It's me before anyone else. I want to pray that first of all, my will is corrected. Amen? Because sometimes my will gets wayward. I, I, I pray that if there's any thought in my mind that is not pleasing to God, that's not according to his will, that he would change it. I pray that any speech that comes out of my mouth that is not pleasing to God, he would change it. I, pr I pray that any action or habit that's in my life that's not pleasing to him, that's not according to his will, he would change it. I'll start with me, and I pray that God would, uh, listen, make his kingdom come in my life individually. I move from me, and I start with my marriage. And I pray that God would be pleased in my marriage. I, I, I leave my marriage, and I, and I pray about my home as a whole, my wife and my kids, that God's will would manifest itself in my home, that his righteous rule and and rain uh, would be done in everything that we do. I move from my family and I start to my church and I pray that in our church, God's rule and reign, that he would lead God and direct in everything and in every way that happens right here at Mount Zion. I leave our church and pray for our community and I pray that in my community, God's righteous rule and reign uh, would, would have its way and will in everything that happens. From my community to my nation to the world and we can pray that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That God's kingdom come. That what happens in heaven will manifest itself in earth. And if there's ever a time that we need to pray that for this nation, it's right now. There have been mass shootings all over this country in the past two weeks. Killing people senselessly. You, you look at the, the news in the evenings, and I'm telling you, if you're not careful, you can get completely depressed over the evil that we see in this world. Let me tell you what I take heart in, what, I, what, I, what it also encourages me. I realize that before the light can truly shine its brightest, it's got to get really dark. So if there's ever been a time that we can show forth and shine the light of the Lord Jesus, it's now because we live in a very dark place. But I am praying that God's will be done in this earth, in this nation, that he would manifest his righteous rule in the place we live right now today. How about you? We better pray it. For the sake of our kids and our grandkids, we better pray it. Because I don't think it's going to get any better 
as far as sin goes. There's nothing in the Word of God that says we can't have a revival that would absolutely shake this nation and bring them to their knees, looking up to heaven, looking back to the Lord. Uh, there's nothing that say in the Word of God that says that can't happen before the end comes, but I believe the end is nigh. I believe we are in the last days. And I'm telling you, not a lot's going to change concerning sin. Sin's just going to get worse according to the Word of God. But I am praying that God would send revival, that his righteous rule and reign would be recognized again in this earth. And so we ought to pray for priorities. And the first priority is not that my will would be done, but that his will would be done. Remember to pray about position. Remember to pray about priority. Let me give you another one. Let's pray about provision. He says in the third verse there, give us day by day our daily bread. Now let me ask you something. Is he asking you to pray about loaf bread here? Is that really what he's saying? Well, there's nothing wrong with praying for loaf bread. I like loaf bread as much as the next guy, but I think there's more to it than that. I think he's talking about pray about your finances. And a lot of people shy away from that. They think, well, brothers, I just don't know if I need to pray about my finances. Why not? Listen, through your finances, you can be a conduit through which the blessing of God flows. Now, I'm praying... Uh, about my job I'm praying about my next raise I'm praying about my next promotion I'm praying that God blesses me in my finances so that I would have enough to meet my needs and go over and above in my finances so that I'll have plenty to be a blessing to somebody else and you ought to pray for the same things there's nothing wrong with expecting the, the blessing of God and praying for the blessing of God as a matter of fact Jesus teaches us to do that he says, pray for your provision. Now, folks, I don't want to have so much that I get greedy, and God knows how much I need. Can you say amen to that? See, if we get greedy, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil, so I never want to be in that position, but I also don't want to be in the position of want. Because when you're in the position of want, you can't be a blessing to somebody else. You can't be a cheerful giver. And so what I want to be is right where God wants me in my finances so that I can be humble enough to serve Him and blessed enough to reach out and meet the needs of others if need be. And also to give to the things of God. Amen? And so when you pray, prayer is powerful if you follow the pattern. Pray about position. Remember to do that. Let me tell you something else. Listen to me. Not only do you need to pray about provision or position, you need to pray, uh, folks, about your provision like we just said. You need to pray that God's priority, His kingdom, comes on earth as it is in heaven. And if we'll start doing that, I think it will impact our life greatly, our prayer life greatly. That's all I've got tonight. Got anything you want to pray about? Yes, amen. Amen.